Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Clippers in seven against the Nuggets. You pansy. (laughs) I am taking the Denver Nuggets to win the Western Conference. You're listening to The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of The Dig. I'm Nick. I'm here with Jeremy. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm so excited. I didn't know I was going to be this excited. Um, I don't know. The summer. This is the most excited I've ever been yeah. going into an NBA season. I think the summer kind of, I felt so far away from basketball <laughs> and, yeah. and I wasn't sure how hard I was going to get up for it. And sure enough, I just the past couple of weeks, preseason really got me rocking and I'm, I'm too excited. Yeah. I'm too excited. Dangerous things. I know as we're recording, uh, right now, I've got the Lakers Clippers game on in the background. Um, the opening night, uh, the twenty second, and oh, it's just got me excited. I've got a lot to say about both of those teams and about the Nuggets, um, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, first, just a little bit of house cleaning, just to kind of catch everyone up. It's been a few months since we have released the show. Um, a few reasons for that: we had some change. Uh, over at the Stiffs, um, some uh, Adam Adam Mara's longtime uh, site manager um, went on to uh, some new opportunities, and and uh, Ryan Blackburn took over. And kind of in the interim, we sort of just took a few months to kind of figure out what what we were doing with our show and kind of how we fit into the new um, direction at Stiffs and stuff. So um, we are obviously back, and not only are we back, we are. Well, better than ever, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how high, how, how great, how great we did in the first place, but I think it's going to be better this year um, because, for one thing, uh, we're going to have a once a week show. So the plan is every Wednesday that we'll be releasing a podcast through through the regular season. Um, so that's more of us. So if you like the show, I guess that's a good thing. If you don't like the show, it, it's not a good thing. But Wait, over under, real quick. That is the plan. Point nine dig episodes. A week. I mean, I'm taking over. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hopefully, um, you're going to have a fair amount to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, this show works better with the both of us. Um, I don't think either one of us would do well on our own. Um, so, uh, yeah, pending pending uh, life stuff and whatever else goes on this year. Um, that is the plan. The other uh, big announcement, this is kind of a, isn't really an announcement, I guess, but it's uh, something we've been working on is Breaking Basketball, A Nug Life Story, which is a experimental docuseries that Jeremy and I uh, started to release last week. If you haven't checked that out yet, if you're, if you're just now starting to tune into Nuggets Basketball, like a lot of people are, uh, go back and check out episode one. What, what we're doing in this series is kind of just a creative way of doing a season preview. Uh, we're still doing our normal season preview stuff in this episode, but what we wanted to do was tell the story 
of the Nuggets upcoming season as if it had already happened. And we're telling it in sort of a documentary style format. So it's really meant to be something that's more more fun than predictive. Uh, I mean, there are some things in there that we think are possibilities, um, but we're really kind of playing out a story uh, developing um, more in terms of its like narrative value and and for it to be a fun a fun listen for everybody and, and, a, and a, a look at a, a potential season that could be in store for us so I hope you all go check that out um, episode two will be dropping either tomorrow or uh, Saturday kind of depending on on how editing goes but if this is something that that you, you think would be entertaining for you please give it a listen in the end it's going to end up being uh, somewhere between uh, around an hour and a half, probably of uh, of story that hopefully will be entertaining. Um, hopefully, a lot of what's in that podcast doesn't come true. No. <laughs> hopefully, a lot of it. Does. <laughs> well, something else I want to hit on is if you're listening to this uh, on Wednesday, the twenty third, which is going to be the day that this comes out, and you live in Denver or the Colorado area. Uh, you might want to come and check out the first uh, Denver Stiffs party of the year. Um, we're keeping it going with the, the Denver Nuggets. So you're going to see Super Mascot Rocky there. Um, if you've been to any of them before, seen any of the coverage, lots of stuff, prizes, tickets, uh, cheerleaders. Uh, you know, it's just always a lot of fun. So definitely come and check that out. It's going to be at Brooklyn's. So you're gonna, we're going to be right in that, that Pepsi Center parking lot. So um, definitely come on by. Which may be the only place we can watch Nuggets games this year. We'll find out. Ugh. All right, Jeremy. Well, uh, along with the rest of these exciting announcements that we've just made, we also have a new segment. This is very exciting. Hmm. We call the new segment, Are We Sure? <laughs> Are We Sure? All right. First up in our new segment. Are we sure the Clippers are the favorite to win it all this year? Yes, we're sure. Come on. There's just how am I supposed to even vocalize this? I guess I guess. So, well, if you were a Lakers fan, you would say that the Lakers are the favorite this year. Well, okay. so so that's a great point, actually, is LeBron. Anthony Davis, incredible pairing. Same thing with the Clippers. Kawhi and Paul George, no doubt, incredible pairing. But they have good players to go with it, too. And that's why it's unquestionable. They don't have the greatest depth in the world, but really they round out pretty well. So, I mean, the at forwards, actually, they've got all sorts of depth. I really like that they brought in Ronnie McGruder. That was a guy that got... Uh, really took advantage of his minutes um, last season in Miami. Um, but uh, Magruder. Yeah. Sorry. I'll be saying that all year. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. I mean, yes, they are the favorites. Uh, it's hard to deny what Kawhi has done. Now, on two different teams, he goes to a team that has arguably a better supporting cast than Toronto had last year. Plus, he has Paul George on his team. Um, 
who's not going to be healthy for a bit. So Paul George's health is, I guess, my one caveat here. And I feel like that about a lot of these Western Conference teams is that health might be a, a big part of, of what we see go down this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I want to I want to say that, well, Paul George's injury, you know, Kawhi Leonard's not got a great track record with injuries, you know, with his load management. If he only plays, you know, 65 games this year, 70 games and Paul George misses half the season or something that, you know, maybe they they limp into the playoffs and they don't ever have time to gel. I mean, like I can sort of imagine like a scenario where they don't become a legit championship contender. Um, I think I th- they're going to be good. They're going to be a, a good regular season team. Uh, they were good without superstars last year with this core of uh, of, of basically this kind of a, a semblance of role players and 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 interesting um, like hardworking guys that got you know castoffs from other teams and things like that. But they've they've they really gelled well last year. And now you add a couple of superstars into that mix. I think that's why everybody's on the Clippers bandwagon. But I, it's it's this is definitely this is nothing like the Warriors from the last right. like three four years. We're not we're not dealing with a prohibitive favorite here where it's like yeah if, if somebody gets lucky maybe if everything goes right they can knock off the Clippers. I don't think we're talking about something like that. Yeah, there's cracks in this team. Um, they're small and they're deep. You know, we'll see what their team looks like by the end of the season, barring injuries or things like that. Um, but. Yeah, it's a completely different situation than than the wall that we the entire league has been looking up at in the Golden State Warriors for the past several seasons. Yeah, and honestly, that's one of the really fun things about this year is that things are so wide open. Uh, the favorites, the Clippers, you know, whoever else you want to you want to throw in there, um, are not so dominant that they're unbeatable. Same, I mean, that's true of the East also. And so we, yeah, we really could see all sorts of stuff go down this year. All right, Nick. Are we sure the Lakers are a playoff team? Okay, so the Lakers with a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis playing together on the court for the majority of the season are unquestionably a playoff team. But there's a lot of question marks about whether we're actually going to see that happen. I mean, the Lakers are already starting off with Kuzma Hurt, who according to their coach is their third best player. Anthony Davis doesn't have a great track record. He's only played, what, over 80 games like once in the last four years or something like that. Um, And LeBron's coming off a season where he had his worst injury that he's ever had in his career. He's going to hit 35 uh, at the turn of the year. So he's not getting any younger. We, you know, LeBron wasn't able to single-handedly, you know, pull this young team into the playoffs last year. And the West got better. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion for the Lakers pending injury and or some, you know, things just not going right for them um, that they get in. And I, I would say that about every team in the West. I, I, I think there's a there's so much variability uh, from roster to roster that if a, a serious injury or somebody taking a step back in their play or any number of things could could derail some some of these teams that we think are like championship contenders to a point where they could find themselves even even looking out at the at the playoff picture. But yes, all things being equal, the Lakers are a playoff team. I'm not sure the Lakers are a playoff team because of exactly what you brought up that it's not a question of how of if 
Anthony Davis and LeBron James, uh, better known as Le Davis, just to make it simple. Um, yeah, I like that. It's not a question of if they're going to be healthy. It's how much of health, their health will we actually see. Um, we're looking at a spectrum here rather than an absolute. And if, it, if you're looking at a spectrum and you're hoping for a playoff spot in the Western Conference, that's where it starts to get really, 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 really dangerous. There's a very slippery slope. Um, at this point, I, I think there's only one bad team in the entire conference. I think you take any of the other teams and you put them in the Eastern Conference and you have a playoff team. So, yeah, and even the Suns can be dangerous on any given night if Devin Booker goes off or Aiton takes a step forward this right. year, presuming that's your one bad yeah. team. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to spend any time on Phoenix. <laughs> there's definitely stuff you could talk about. No, but, me either. But I'm just saying there's not really a night off in the West. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's it's very scary, and and their depth is is. We just got done talking about the Clippers actually having some. The, the Lakers absolutely do not. I, it's very likely that Jared Dudley is going to be getting, I don't know, 10 minutes a night. Um, and that that's on nights <laughs> where Anthony Davis and LeBron James are playing. So things are, are yeah. very, very scary over there. Uh, Let's be honest. They don't even have a starting five. They have a starting four. And JaVale McGee. <laughs> <laughs> or, whoever they, or whoever they throw in at center. Or they could have LeBron play center sometime. I don't, I don't even know want to beat up on, on JaVale, honestly. They have the weirdest roster construction I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. No, he's fine. But, like, yeah, I mean, is JaVale McGee going to be your, your starting center? Yeah, I mean. On a championship team? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they got Dwight Howard behind him. Uh, that actually makes sense to me. And, and as as – not as an optimal situation, Ugh. but as if we're going to prop this thing up with whatever sticks and stones we have, I see this propped up between JaVale and Dwight Howard um, splitting a game. But it's just, like I said, it's such a slippery slope, both in their roster and being competitive in the league. Um, I'm, I'm ready to give any random playoff spot to any team in the West other than Phoenix, like I was saying before. But I could count me in for Dallas, mm-hmm. count me in for Sacramento. Easy. All these narratives for how they get yeah, in. Yeah, me too. I can totally see yeah, them making. Completely easy to playoffs, yep. And for me, honestly, Memphis, I'm a big Memphis fan this season. I don't, I don't Interesting. want to spend much time yeah. on them either. But I think they're a bit young. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. We're not talking about their talent. Mm-hmm. We're talking about their age. And if that's no. a situation, you know, that's, that's a competitive team. Just maybe not. I mean, I'll bring up a team that I haven't even heard mentioned this offseason is the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is one of the better players in the NBA. This guy's got another year under his belt. He's going to improve. They have a decent roster around him. Like, I, this is a team that's like just completely not even on anybody's radar. They could make the playoffs and it wouldn't surprise me in the least. I, I'm just saying, just to answer the question, I'm not sure that they're a playoff team. That doesn't mean I'm I'm counting them out right now, but if the question is, are you sure the Lakers are a playoff team? Absolutely not. And are you saying that even with a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis for the majority of the season? So when it comes to injuries, I hate bringing that up. You know, people will talk about the Nuggets and say, "Oh, their season's over if Jokic gets hurt." That that's true, first of all. But second of all, yeah, that's the. 
if you just throw a random injury into the best player on any team, of course that's going to have a huge altering effect. But it's it's so random. Where I do care uh, to actually consider injuries affecting the picture is when there's a history of them. That's when you have to start factoring them in. So at this point, I'm not willing to just sit here and look at my, you know, my computer screen, my video game screens roster and see Anthony Davis and LeBron James on there and say, oh, I've got an awesome team. At this point, those two guys, you have to factor in the injury situation. It's not, it's not one of these hypotheticals of, you know, Carl Anthony Towns being injured and then Timberwolves, you know, being down for the season. This is a real legit scenario. And we're not asking if they get injured. We're asking how much they get injured. Yeah, and I understand that LeBron James is an alien, but the dude is going to be 35 in a month and a half or whatever. Um, at some point, he's going to take a step back. I, I don't know. If, I don't know that it'll be this year. I'm not. I'm not predicting that that's what will happen this year. He could be superhuman this year, be an MVP favorite. You know that. All, you know his his play could go back to to where it's been in the past. Um, I, I wouldn't put that past him at all, but. I can't say that I'm a hundred percent sure that we know that that we know what we're going to get out of LeBron this year. We're just um, where I think I can say I'm pretty confident in what I'm going to get out of other superstars in the we're league. We're pretty far away from from those days, to be honest. Um, even two years ago, he had an incredible season. He was at the point where he was figuring out how to where to pull his strength from, and when to give it, and when not to give it, and you know, taking, taking time off and things like that. That was two years ago. And at that point he was on a team where they had the ability to kind of shift with him and make things work. At this point, at his age, you don't want to be in a situation where you're looking back on two years ago, or let's say three years ago when he was really healthy and balling out and, and try to convince yourself that you're going to see that. Um, that's even scary guys who are, you know, 24, 25 years old, if they haven't seen the court in two seasons, you're still kind of wishing and hoping that something's going to happen right there. Oladipo, you know, in all honesty, who knows what we're going to see when that guy comes back. So, um, you know, Gordon Hayward, Karis Levert, um, these are guys who we've seen huge impacts from, from coming back after time off. Granted, they came back from huge injuries and LeBron's not really doing that, but um, it's just, it's so hard to take what was real several years ago and make it real again, especially for a guy of this age. All right, Jeremy, to continue this vein, are we sure that the thunder are bad? Hold up. I got some. Because every list that I'm looking at ha- has the Thunder outside the playoff picture. And I look at their roster and I mean, I, 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 th- I think I see a playoff team maybe. <laughs> I have to actually stop you because you said continuing into this vein. Was that like a, a pre thought out thing? The fact that our show is called The Dig and we have we have uh, picks <laughs> on our logo that we're talking about like a gold no. vein that we're mining. No, but I like that. So do I. I wish I would have done that on purpose. Yeah. So we'll keep that going. But to go back to what you're saying. Well, in the same vein. In the same vein. (laughs) You're terrible. I'm laughing, but I'm throwing up on the inside. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> yeah, you know, okay, so to me, the Thunder are looking at their roster. They are at the point where it's very easy to keep them out of the playoffs. Um, they've got good guys on there, and I'm not at all ready to throw Chris Paul out. Um, he, he is so talented, and he was still bringing the game. Granted, he wasn't that healthy. Um, but, I mean, he's past the point of he's he's the next guy to team up with LeBron kind of a thing. Well, I even think LeBron's past that point, but we just got done talking about that. But they have great players on that team, a lot of really good ones. They're just low on shooting at this point to me. The, mm-hmm. the starting lineup just is is missing a little something. They're going to be leaning on Gallinari quite a bit, and that's the guy who has his own health issues. Yeah. Um, and then in the backup unit, you know, it's. It, I actually am happy that they have Schroeder still there. Um, if things are all okay and they're happy, the team's happy with him and he's happy with his team and they're playing. But that's about it. Um, I'm a huge Shea Gilgis Alexander fan. He was a guy I was kind of hoping would maybe in some way end up on the Nuggets, but um, but he's not really a you know top notch shooter. That's not really what he's known for. So. Right. Um, unless unless they make a move or some guys really grow into it, like you know SGA really grows into shooting or something like that. Um, I just I think I think they're going to be competitive, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm sure. Well, am I sure they're bad? Is the question? No, I'm not sure they're bad. Yeah. Am I am I sure they're going to make the? Yeah, I'm not. Or am I sure that they're going to miss the playoffs? I'm pretty sure they're going to miss the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I think I think things would have to go right for the Thunder. Like I think you need you know pretty healthy Chris Paul. You need SGA to take a step forward this year like you said with shooting in particular. Gallo's got to play you need, 75 I mean, games. maybe sort of a, a grit and grind kind of style of play from these mm-hmm. guys like like some sort of uh, you know grinded out style with Gallinari hitting some big threes. But I can, you know, they have a great crowd in Oklahoma City. Uh, there's a lot of animosity, you know, based on what went down in the offseason where their team basically got stolen out from under them. And I don't know. I just I think there could be some intangible thing there. There, there could be some kind of a uh, I'm not going to use the word magic, but like some sort of like a I don't know, something that coalesces that group into something greater than the. Than, than the individual pieces. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell um, you what. One we'll thing see. is, Stephen Adams is about to do everything he can to earn his next big contract, and I couldn't. Yeah. I, there are not many better positions to be in a contract year as a center and have Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander threading you the ball. So him and and Gallinari, you're, you've got two point guards out there, two really good playmaking point guards out there working with you to put you in a good position to get points. I'm sure they're going to be happy to, to see that. And that could coalesce in an interesting way. Andre Roberson gets kind of weird in that lineup. I don't like that fit. Um, especially cause uh, you know, Alexander is a great, a great uh, perimeter defender. Um, but it, I guess it kind of makes sense next to Gallinari cause he's, He's a terrible defender. Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's a funky a little team, yeah, isn't I don't it? Have a shooter, but there. they have some they have some talent. But I mean, honestly, the likely thing is that a lot of these guys end up getting traded, and the Thunder just go into full rebuild mode. But 
if they keep this group together, I I think they could, I think they could be interesting. We'll find out. All right, Jeremy. Well, we're uh, about halfway through the podcast. We should probably talk about your Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I was actually we? about to say that. Um, so, <laughs> Nick, are we sure the Nuggets yeah. can win a championship this year? For the first time in my adult life, <laughs> the answer to that question is yes. This team can absolutely win a championship this year. Will they win a championship this year? Totally different question. Uh, do I think they're going to win the championship this year? You will find out later in our rapid fire segment. But they can absolutely win a championship this year. They have the talent. They proved last year that even with this super young team that they had what it took to hang tough in a in, in, in a very difficult Western Conference. They were, you know, a couple of minutes of decent basketball away from making it to the Western Conference Finals last year in their first playoffs. Um, I, I, th- I think the Nuggets have a lot going for them coming into this season. Uh, the biggest thing is their continuity. All the teams in the West, for the most part, went through major upheavals. Uh, the, the Warriors obviously are a completely different team this year than they've been in the past. The Lakers uh, are completely different. The Clippers are being led by two brand new players. The Rockets uh, have a lot of question marks there with how how Harden and Westbrook are going to be able to play together. There's going to be a lot of growing pains with that relationship, I think. Um, the the Jazz are probably the closest thing to the Nuggets in terms of of continuity, at least within their kind of core yeah. of players. Although losing Rubio could really change the dynamic of that team, uh, maybe more than people have have thought about. Um, so I, I I don't think it's all smooth sailing for the Jazz, although but but I but I do think the Jazz are probably the Nuggets' number one threat for uh, the one seed in the I West. Agree. They're the one team that, if I'm not calling the Nuggets at number one, they're they're the one button that I'm just dying to press to just slap down really hard and say Utah, Utah's going to do it. Um, so we'll see. I. I just I don't think people I feel like your average fan those names just don't compute when you put them together. You know, we often go back t- to this uh video game illustration of people just kind of slapping something together and they like the names and they just look at what it should be and don't consider how actually things fall together. And I think I think the way a lot of these guys play that are on the jazz right now just aren't really, they've never been kind of quickly digested by, by your typical NBA fan. And, and I think they're missing out at the same time. I realize, I guess I'm kind of saying that I see things (laughs) that other people don't. So listen to me, (laughs) but I think it's true. Jeremy, what's it like to, have this in deep insight that no one else in the oh, world has. It's vexing, honestly. It's it's got to be yep. taxing. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Cassandra syndrome, right? Where I see everything <laughs> the way it's going to happen, but you know, nobody's <laughs> listening to me. Hey, Troy, listen up. Utah's really good. It's about to come crashing down on us. <laughs> Just a note about Utah. Donovan Mitchell is actually six one. Kind of interesting. Yeah, but they had him listed at six three. In fact, of all the lying teams in the NBA, <laughs> Utah probably was the most egregious. Like literally every player on their team, they had like two or three inches taller than they actually are. Except for Gobert. 
Except for Gobert. Yeah. That all goes into it. He's actually two inches taller. So it he's, Yeah, out. he's actually 7'8". Yeah, <laughs> right? We're, it's all making sense now. I hate to say it, but a lot of why the Nuggets can win this season is because the Golden State Warriors aren't there anymore. And right. I think if you were to ask this question about whether or not the Nuggets could have beat the Trailblazers last season in the playoffs, I think everybody agrees that they definitely could have. They came so close so many times. Um, you have to believe that we have the ability to do that um, and had the ability to, to do it last season. I would have killed to have seen how the Nuggets would have done instead of the Trailblazers against the beat-up Golden State squad. Honestly, I think they mm-hmm. very likely could have taken them, and then we're talking about the the, the finals. So, uh, si- honestly, the Nuggets have always played Golden State pretty well. They haven't had playoff battles with them, so that, you know it's a different different animal there. But Ex- they've played them really well in the regular seasons season. over the last few years. <laughs> that was very true, but. and one of my favorite talking points until last season happened when they went WWE they did style beat them in the first and, and game. broke a table over our backs a couple of times and smashed bottles on our heads. They did. But um no, that's true. But yeah, I don't I don't know why you're forgetting about Wancho's enormous block at the beginning oh, of the season. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably the highlight of his career. <laughs> um, I will say if the Nuggets can break through and win a championship this year, they need to send a nice bottle of whatever Kevin Durant's favorite liquor is to him in, in Brooklyn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, for some reason, a basketball haiku by Nicholas Herzog. A championship year for the Denver Nuggets? The hype is real, fam. Fill in the blank. All right, Jeremy. We have a Nuggets-focused segment now of fill in the blank. All right, fill in the blank. The player who needs to take the biggest leap in order for the Nuggets to win a championship is blank. It's Michael Porter Jr. And I, I oh. went around and, and kind of I decided that based less on Michael Porter Jr. and based more on everybody else. The question isn't necessarily who needs to improve, but who needs to make the largest improvement from start to finish. And so if if I'm going through, to me, Jamal Murray was actually the first one that popped in my head. But to me, Jamal Murray is just a few baby steps away from everything just falling into place. Um, To me, I don't need to see some sort of huge leap, you know, in his three-point shot. Just a a mild leap will do it or uh, a bigger leap in getting to the line. So 
Um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is the guy who that's the physical body that you want in the playoffs in your starting lineup. Uh, at this point, the Nuggets aren't trying to get better. When you look at like those, those great teams that always fell like one step short, even looking at Houston over the past couple of years, they weren't trying to get better when they went into each new season. They were trying to beat the Warriors. It That was the hurdle. And so for us at this point, I think we're at the point where when we're looking at the playoffs, I don't think we're trying to get better. We're specifically trying to beat the Clippers and the Lakers. We know we're weak at the three. We know that's where they're strongest. We need to find a way to do it. What we want is Michael Porter Jr.'s body, that 6'10 body, to be out there. So if he, he can take the, the leap internally, mentally, as well as obviously having that body that doesn't need to take any leap whatsoever, then, then we have ourselves a championship. So Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you that Michael Porter Jr. takes this team from a good team, an interesting team, to like a perennial favorite for a championship if he develops the way that we think he will or can. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to go a, a slightly different route just for this, this one season. Um, and I'm going to say it's Gary Harris. I really feel like, I feel like there's, there's more there. I, I think Harris, you know, last year was a tough year for him. His injury really wrecked him. We saw him get back to uh, some of that tenacious defense that he can play, uh, in the playoffs last year, but I kind of felt like his, all of his energy sort of went. To, to defense and and we lost some of his cutting ability, some of his three point shooting. Um, we saw flashes of it, but he he just wasn't a fully rounded player. And I, I feel like really for the Nuggets to win a championship, it it really is going to depend on them having a championship starting five. And I, I think that needs to be a Gary Harris who is one of the better two-way players in basketball, which is what, what Malone has has said over the years, that he thinks Gary Harris is one of the best two-way players in basketball. I agree with him that, that, that that's Gary Harris's potential, but I think it's been a bit since we've seen Gary Harris firing on all cylinders, and I, and I think if he does that this year, I think if he can be you know, a 38% three-point shooter, something like that, um, and, and can be more active cutting and and tenacious on defense right from the get go in the beginning of the season. Um, I, th- I think it could be huge for them, and if he can stay healthy, I, I, I think maybe even more than Murray. And I, I think, like you said, I think Murray maybe seems like the more natural answer to this question is that we need Murray to become like a superstar. But I I, I agree with you that I think Murray's maybe only a few baby steps away. I, th- I think maybe Gary Harris actually even has a bigger. Uh, margin of improvement that he could make at least over last season specifically. Mm. Yeah, I could definitely support that in regards to everything offense Gary Harris needs to step up at at this point. And and I I could kind of see this might not be right, but just thinking through this, you know, when when I'm picturing a guy trying to catch up with a a train that's already running, you know, trying to jump on so they get in sync with it. And Gary Harris coming back from his injury, I think, was feeling that. And on defense, the issue is kind of forced on you. And so it was an easier challenge for Gary to to rise to because he was being forced into it. 
But on offense, that that's where it takes initiative. And that's where you're making those, those proactive choices. And that's where I think Gary Harris might've never really kind of synced up with the rest of the team. So yeah, getting some, some, um, tread on his tires, um, some practice with the guys, some preseason under his belt that might kind of help him to get back in the sink of things. And that would be awesome. But, um, next Nick fill in the blank. The nuggets defense will be blank this year. I think it's going to be elite this year. Mm. Like, and I, when I say elite, I think I mean top five, top six Mm -hmm. in, in all of the NBA where they were top 10 last year, I think. Yeah, um, I think they make an improvement. Yeah, I think they make an improvement this year into a a championship level defense. A um, couple of reasons for that. I mean, I think it, you know, pending Gary Harris's health, if he can stay healthy all year, I think that's going to definitely help. Jamal Murray went and worked uh, with Kobe Bryant and you know a bunch of uh, top level NBA players, Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving. Uh, at this mini camp in the off season. And one of the main things that he was working on was his defense. He was embarrassed by what happened in the Portland series last year. He knows that he was targeted and that they took advantage of his defense. And he was, he took that personally and he took the off season to work on it. Um, if Murray can make an improvement, you know, maybe even it's a marginal improvement in the way that Jokic made a marginal improvement last year over the, over the previous year, something like that, but something that can help to shore up that, um, that that perimeter defense along with Gary Harris. And then we have this kind of array of options at small forward. We have Jeremy Grant as this interesting, uh, I call him a Swiss army knife in my article today, this kind of fascinating, versatile kind of defender who can kind of guard every position and who you can use in a variety of ways, depending on matchups. Uh, and then, and then, you know, Paul Millsap uh, helping with some of Jokic's deficiencies and maybe another year of Jokic's, uh, you know, improvement. I, I, I think we could we could go from from a very good defense to an outstanding defense with another year of Malone, another year of consistency. And in a West where a lot of teams are going to still be figuring things out, the Nuggets have a system in place that's been in place for a while and and where players know their role and and, and hopefully can perform it, you know, maybe even just that much better this year. So I'm, I'm going to say the Nuggets defense will be slightly better this year. Really. I, I think it's everything that you were saying, um, everything that they have going for them, you've already locked down. So I don't want to spend too much time on that where, where I might differentiate my answer. When you're talking about elite to me last season, what we saw, and I think what we're going to see this season is the bucks and the jazz to me, were in a tier unto themselves. And that's when you get to the point where physical ability matches the, the scheme and the, you, the, the sync, the synchronicity that the players have together. And that's something that the nuggets just, they're, they're, they're able to achieve that synchronicity that we saw last season, which is why I think they so drastically improved, but they're never going to have the physical talents on defense that, the jazz roster does that the bucks roster does. So I'm a little scared to put them in that tier, but honestly, so they ended 10th last season. Um, if you bump them up two points in their defensive rating, or, or I, I guess deep down two points because defensive rating that would bring them to 
really being right there, right behind the Bucks and the Jazz. That that would put them in the same league right. as you know, if you're, you're looking at the uh, like the Celtics or the Heat. Um, the Magic had a great defense, especially towards the end of last season. Um, it's very uh, very um, easy to see the Nucks, the Nuggets, the Nucks. I just combined Nuggets and Knicks, and that is the <laughs> worst possible idea. But it's really easy to see the Nuggets <laughs> kind of lead that pack of teams that don't quite have the elite level. Um, and even just a little bit better, you know, would be incredible. A little bit better gets them to be the third best defense in the league. And that that's... Well, that's the thing, and that makes them a championship team, in right. my opinion. Because they have one of the best offenses in basketball. So if, if they can if they can work their way toward a top five of defense, I mean that's that that wins these championships. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. Blank will be the Nuggets most improved player this year. All right, man. I mean, after what we just went through in our first episode of the uh breaking basketball, here we go. I'm gonna say Will Barton will be the Nuggets most improved player this year. Um, oh, good choice. I mean, <laughs> he's got more room than anybody to be able to make up um, that that improvement. So you know the deficit that he's made. <laughs> you know, if he plays slightly well, he will be the most improved player on the Nuggets. Um, <laughs> and I do expect him to play slightly well. His t- you can't say things like that about Will Barton in this I fandom, know, Jeremy. I know. I know. Um, fortunately, the uh, the repercussions aren't the the harshest. The I can withstand whatever <laughs> bad shifty eyes get you, thrown you, my way. Yeah. Or you got, you got tough yeah, skin. Yeah, really, really All tough right. social media skin. Have at him, Twitter wolves. <laughs> um, but but no, I mean he's he looks like the tenacity's there. Um, he's going to the hoop a little bit more. He didn't have a great preseason. I wouldn't call it a great preseason. Um, there was ups and downs there, but, but what I saw was kind of beyond the, the points beyond the, um, the really discreet stats and just more about what I was seeing coming out in his personality. And, uh, I think, I, I think, yeah, he, he looks healthy Yeah, and he looks like he's there. I, I he's think definitely he looks like a better player than the yeah. last year. Yeah. But what about you? Yeah, no, I agree. And I so I guess the question is, does that count? Like most improved, are we talking about improved over last season? Because what we could say is, well, if, if he gets back to who he was in 2017, 2018, um, that would be a significant improvement over last year. But has he actually improved as a player? Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I'm going to say Malik Beasley will be the Nuggets most improved player this year. Um, I think... So so Beasley has turned down very aggressive contract offers by the Nuggets from what I've heard. Wait, hold on. Wasn't he well, the Nuggets most improved player last year? Yeah. And you yeah. see him doing it again. I think so. Yeah. I, I think if I think that I think the Nuggets are on a championship trajectory, and I think that's gonna be in large part because of Malik Beasley. Wow. Um yeah, I think he takes a huge another another huge step forward this year and becomes like a legit starting shooting guard in the league that's coming off our bench, mm-hmm. and that's why we're in the position we're in to win a championship uh, toward the end of the season. I think. Um, I, I just think he has all the tools, and he's got another year, and he's hungry, and he's betting on himself. He's turned down a significant contract from the Nuggets. 
betting on the fact that he, his True. play is going to make him more valuable in the open market. Um, and he's going to have the playing time. Unlike, you know, some of these other guys that are in contract years, like, well, you know, Wancho's also a restricted free agent now going into next year. He's in a contract year. He's not going to get the minutes that he needs. I mean, I, I think that's why it's probably likely we see Wancho moved at some point, even just as a courtesy to him, because he's just not going to get the minutes here to earn any kind of contract going into the next offseason. I don't. I don't think unless there's an injury, um, but Beasley will. Beasley's going to get plenty of time to play. Um, and you know, we just talked about Gary Harris. You know, he he's got some injury history. Um, Beasley could easily find himself in the starting lineup uh, on occasion this year, uh, depending on how things go. So I, I I think we could see him build on last year um, and, and just be this you know really hungry player that that ends up making the Nuggets just so so good on their bench. Yeah. But I, I think you've made a strong case. I'm a believer. All right. So for, to wrap this segment up, fill in the blank, Nick. Michael Porter Jr. will play in blank games by Christmas. All right. So the Nuggets play a total of 30 games, including Christmas Day. My gut is that I want to say Michael Porter Jr. will play in one of them. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with ten. I, I think he's gonna play in ten games by Christmas. Um, Jeez. Yeah, Michael Malone does not sound like he's real thrilled or not thrilled, but that he's real eager to get MPJ mm. into this rotation anytime soon. Um, said in his comments today, he's like he's like basically told MPJ to just to stick with him if he doesn't play him for a while. I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> It doesn't sound real promising for uh, MPJ fans who uh, like, I mean, people are clamoring for him to start uh, like myself included. I I actually think MPJ starting right now makes a lot more sense to me uh, just to get him the experience, get him in there with a good team. We know he's the starting forward of the future, the small forward of the future. Um, so let's do it. Like, let's just go. That's, that's my, that's my thought. Uh, I'm somewhat of a reckless person. So I understand coach Malone having a, a bit more, uh, patience and long view than I have. Um, so that's why I don't necessarily, I'm not, I'm not criticizing coach Malone for taking it easy with MPJ. And we also don't know what his health is going to be like, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, it, I'm just getting this vibe that like we're, he's, he's, he's the third or fourth small forward on this team. And how many minutes does a third or fourth small forward get? So I'm not believing Michael Malone. I think he's coaching when he's saying all that. I think he's saying pieces up and I feel like we've kind of seen this before from him. Um, I'm not about to try and reach into my memory and pull out any examples. So maybe we have it and I'm completely off, but I think I I'm saying Michael Porter Jr. will play in 22 games by Christmas. Um, so 22 out of the 30 games. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's actually a really good situation for Malone here. Um, as far as the ability to coach Michael Porter Jr. up this season. Um, a point that you brought out was that Michael Porter Jr. had the best preseason out of any small forward. I think that was clear. It wasn't like a full sample size. He was coming in later in games, playing against smaller people, you know, not playing a ton of minutes, but still extremely impressive. Um, And now Malone's able to set things up to make Michael Porter Jr. 
still continue to work hard and to earn it. Those are things that Malone has said about him that I think are true, but I think Malone has a very clear ladder there in his mind that Michael Porter Jr. can climb. Just think, Wancho's the guy who's um, who's basically going to be backing up, in my mind, who's going to be backing up Barton as a small forward. It's going to be very easy for Malone to give Michael Porter Jr. a little bit of time and then tell him, you played bad defense, you missed your rotations, get better at that, and you'll get more time, and then swap him out with Wancho when Michael Porter Jr. Whoa, 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 shows wait. improvement. You've totally you've totally ignored Tory Craig, who's very I likely have. the starter. <laughs> or uh, well, there's it, see, I mean, we're not even sure. Like, we, it seems like it's going to be Barton or, or Craig. I mean, I, I think everybody's pretty confident it's Barton the, or Craig. Yeah, they're swappable. It's going to start. Seems like indications are that it's going to be Barton. You're right, I, but I, I don't know. Malone's been kind of tricky about this. So this was actually this was my take after the first preseason game, and I have revised it. Um, you're right. I, I think Craig will be backing up Barton. Um, I think Wancho is going to be kind of lost in those minutes, but same, same thing. So sorry. Same picture is, is that there's a clear ladder here that Malone is able to put out there for Michael Porter Jr. to climb, which is kind of like a, um, when Michael Porter Jr. shows the improvement that Malone wants to see. And I think just a little bit, uh, of, of improvement, he he's able to reward him here and give Michael Porter Jr. more time, um, play him above other players. And anytime that Michael Porter Jr. slips, Malone's able to be like, remember, I gave you those more minutes. Remember, I gave you that role in the game because you played defense the right way and now you're not doing it and now I get to yank it away from you. That to me is a ladder that Michael Porter Jr. has to climb this season um, that is very a clearly coachable standpoint for Malone to be swapping out minutes, more and more minutes for Michael Porter Jr. And I think it's going to happen a lot sooner than, than people expect. I, I think it's going to be a slow ladder all, all season, but I think he's going to be on that bottom rung of the ladder almost at the start of the season. Like I would expect to see Michael Porter Jr. get in there within the first three or four games. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically what I'm saying is every third game he'll get in that it'll be some mix of, uh, you know, hit between him and Wancho getting in kind of like every other game, flip flopping, something like that. I just, I, um, I see and then some games w- where just Barton and Craig are, are too important for whatever reason they don't and neither of them get in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, you could be right. This could be all head game stuff. I, I think it probably I, I agree with you that there is a lot of head game stuff happening here, but. I also think part of the head game will be not playing him also. Right. <laughs> like I think he is going to keep him on the bench a lot. Um, the first third of the season or whatever, um, it, it, you know, in order to make him earn it. And he, I mean, Malone has just straight up said that he's like, he's got to earn his, his minutes on this team. And that's the only way the team is going to respect him. This is a, a winning team. He's got to fight his way into the mix. You know, nothing's going to be given to him. And I really appreciate that about Malone, but, um, you know, Malone also said it was an open competition for smart, small forward in uh, preseason. And Michael Porter jr. Was the best small forward in preseason. So if you're not going to play him now, what kind of open competition was there? Right. Um, was that just where was the open competition just between Craig and Barton? Um, and if, if so, you know, why was that not kind of stated? But I, I, 
I, I do think at some point, like the MPJ drums are just going to, they're going to get too loud. <laughs> I mean, he, he's got, he's coming like this, is, this kid has too much talent and unless his health holds him back, he's coming. And it's just, a, it's just a matter of when. So that's, that's the exciting part about it. And for Nuggets fans, it's a little frustrating. We may just have to, you know, sit tight until um, he gets here. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll even say, I think he plays five of the first 10. I think he plays eight of the okay. next 10 and nine of the next 10 after that. And I think he can oh, be. Okay. It's the same situation, though, where 60 games in, I could see him pulling him for three or four games. Um, yeah. All, all, all kind of a coaching thing. But I think, I think it starts off just faster than you do. Cool. I hope you're right. I want to see him play. Rapid fire. All right, Jeremy, we're going to hit some rapid fire predictions now. So we get this in the books, in ink, in whatever audio version of ink is. MVP. Uh, Joel Embiid. I think this is a guy who last season played south of 1,800 minutes. Um, Compare that to Jokic, who was in the MVP race and was far below everybody else in minutes played. And he played 2,500 minutes. So that's a 700-minute, well, 650-minute difference. And Embiid is still listed on people's, like, national media's list as being a better center. So I think if Embiid gets anywhere close to the minutes Jokic gets, we're going to be seeing him picked as the MVP. Yeah, that's the big if, though. So I got MVP as Steph Curry. Um, I'm picking Steph Curry because who else the Warriors got? Um, he, he's got free reign to shoot 40 times a game if he wants this year. I think we're going to see him revert back to old Steph Curry pre Kevin Durant numbers, which were monster and he doesn't have Clay Thompson either. Um, so I think we could just see a totally bonkers out of bounds year from Steph Curry that wins in the MVP. Not sure that it'll be enough to make them any kind of serious championship contender if Clay Thompson doesn't come back this year. But I think, I think. He's as close to a lock as I have for any of these on this list, I think. Totally believable. I'm there with you. All right. Give me your most improved player. Markel Fultz. (sighs) Because literally, if he can do anything on a basketball court, people are going to be so thrilled for him. If he can make like a single three-pointer. I mean, Ben Simmons made a three-pointer in the preseason. Anything is possible. (laughs) If Markel Fultz can come back in any way and make himself any kind of productive basketball player this year. I think the goodwill will be strong for him. Who do you got, Jeremy, for most improved player? Bam Adebayo. Adebayo. I need to figure that one out. But he just – he looks so good right now all around game, defensively, offensively, and now he's in a position where they're relying on him. Um, All the other bigs in Miami have fallen off. Uh, he, he is the man and he's looking absolutely incredible and he's going to be next to Jimmy Butler. So we've seen how well he can, uh, he can make some big men, uh, play. And, um, also I think Miami 
could be the third seed in the East. I'm throwing that out there. Third or fourth seed. Oh, whoa. So, there you go. Whoa, that's spicy. Yep. Yeah. All right. Coach of the year. Michael Malone. Um, again, the Nuggets are the most failure-proof team in the West. And if we're talking about a regular season, and at the time that the coach of the year is decided, which is about halfway through the playoffs, I believe, um, to me that has everything going for the Nuggets. They should be able to be, you know, maybe the top team in the West and should be in the second round very, very easily. Um, I, I think we see um, – I, I think we see Malone win it. Yeah, I totally hope you're right. And if you know if the Nuggets are able to best last year's records, a record of 54 wins and get 55, 56, that would be what four years in a row, five years in a row since Malone has been here that they've improved their record every year. Um, I think there's a strong case to be made for him. I mean, I'm going to go with Steve Kerr. I hate to be giving the Warriors this much love, but um, I'm going to I'm going to. Give give it the nod to Steve Kerr because if he can get this Warriors team to the playoffs with uh, the hits that they've taken, um, I think there's there's going to be a lot of of love thrown his way for that accomplishment. Whereas like you know if Doc Rivers can get the Clippers into the one seed or something, everybody's going to be like, yeah, but you got Kawhi and Paul George. Like, well done. Um, I, I I think I, I think. Generally, voters like to see the coaches that can take teams that are sort of down and out and bring them out of the ashes into something substantial. So I'm going to go with Steve Kerr. All right. I like him. All right, Nick, Defensive Player of the Year. Rudy Gobert. I mean, just because. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I, I, like, I don't think he's the best defensive player in the league. I think I probably would take Kawhi Leonard or Paul George maybe as the best defensive player in the league. But – Maybe honest, but they're I, I just don't the the Clippers guys aren't gonna be healthy or play enough games, I don't think, to to get up that high um in, in the voting. So I, I think Rudy Gobert will probably stay healthy. He doesn't you know, his game's not predicated on athleticism. It's real risky for injury or anything. And you know, um he's he's always kind of in, in that conversation and a finalist, so I'll take him. All right. I'm going with Mitchell Robinson and I'm not sure I really Dark actually horse. expect him. Yeah. I don't think I really expect him to actually win this year, but I just want to be in, what did you say? The, the ink of audio or what I yeah. want to be written down. <laughs> audio ink. saying, yeah, this guy is the next coming of NBA defense and will be a perennial right. defense player of the year winner. Um, maybe two seasons from now, but um, I, I honestly could see him winning this season. He's got a clear path to minutes. Finally. Um, if the Knicks, I think the Knicks could not be the wreck that people think they're going to be. No, I think no, they're, they're going to be a wreck. But stop the recording. They could, <laughs> they could stumble their way into the playoffs. I think as an eight seed, and, they <laughs> oh, be out. and if no, if they I, did that, it would be Mitchell Robinson that would get all the credit, and I think would win the Defensive Player of the Year award. If not for the Charlotte Hornets, I think the New York Knicks could have the worst record in the history of the NBA this year. All right. Who do you got for your one seed in the West? One seed in the West. I have the Denver Nuggets. Snap. Yeah. Can you believe we're saying that? It's crazy. Yeah. Although I have the Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Totally understandable. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's going to I think it's going to be a really close race, though. I, I, I think the Nuggets and Jazz are going to be going back and forth uh, right down to the last game. And the, the, the Jazz will uh, will top them in the end barely. Um, but I, I think they're both going to be really strong contenders going into the playoffs. Yep. All right. East one seed. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're really built for regular season success. Giannis is just such a beast, and they'll just they'll just rack up so many easy wins in the East. Mm-hmm. I think that they're likely to be the one seed. I'm gonna go with Philadelphia 76ers. I just yep, yeah, yeah. That's why. Well, you're in Philly. You're a homer. That too. Yeah. Who is your Western Conference champions? The Clippers. <laughs> I hate to say it, um, but I, I think as much as I want Michael Porter Jr. to to come around and be that incredible last block that we need, I, it's so hard to see that happening all in one year for the guy. And Kawhi and Paul George, it's just it's going to be an open sieve in our defense the entire the entire game or the entire series. So Clippers. Clippers and seven against the Nuggets. You pansy. <laughs> I am taking the Denver Nuggets to win the Western Conference. And I don't even <laughs> care about what you just said. I think those are good points. I think you're right about the matchups, but who knows if they're even going to face the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Maybe that matchup doesn't even happen. Mm-hmm. All I know is I really have a hard time believing that a team led by two superstars who have never played with each other before are going to come together and go to the finals in their first year. Like Toronto. I I know it's theoretically possible. Yeah, I know it's theoretically possible. And, and I know Kawhi's Kawhi as a player has, you know, has, has, has experience (laughs) with this last year with Toronto. Right. Um, The Eastern conference is also not the Western conference. Mm -hmm. And I I think they had an, uh, you know, relatively easy path to the finals. Uh, that was significantly easier than the West will be. And that includes just just the the path through the regular season also. I mean, if Kawhi is going to take it easy and do this load management thing through the through the West this year, um, you know, the Clippers could find themselves in like the 5-6 the seed pretty easily with, with Paul George's injury too. So um, I just I, I just don't think – I just – I think they're a year away. I think probably next year they go into next year being the favorites and – you know, they add another piece or something like that, and, and they're going to be even more formidable. But I, I think maybe they're a year away. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe this is the year the Nuggets can finally <laughs> clear through the fog. Okay. Now, give me your Eastern Conference champ. I got the Sixers. Oh. Um, I think they're, yeah, I think they're better equipped for playoff success um with the big guy with ben simmons the length on that team is absurd yeah uh <laughs> that starting lineup could it's totally ludicrous um tobias harris and ben simmons and joel Embiid and al horford now if you i'm not sure if they're going to start him or if he's going to be like a kind of sixth man but um that that length that ex, you know that the, this combination of of talent um a strong defense and and some some championship sort of caliber experience now I think is is going to make them really tough. Yeah, I uh, I, I picked the Sixers too. So there you go. <laughs> Everything you just said. All right, who takes it all? 
Well, the reason why I didn't speak more about the Sixers there is because I think the Sixers take it all. I have them as the the champions. And I don't think enough can be said about this team's defense going into the season. We just got done earlier talking about how Utah and Milwaukee were the two only teams with the synchronicity and the physical abilities and all that. Well, I think the 76ers are the newest one to the elite defense party. Al Horford. Oh my goodness. You gotta be kidding me. And then this young guy, Matisse Thibel. I can't wait to watch that guy play. He is supposed to be, I just got done talking about Mitchell Robinson being the next coming of, of the defensive NBA Thibel's defensive stats for college just set like all of the records so i'm really excited to see him and that's just the defensive side of the ball what josh richardson can bring to an offense between his playmaking and his shooting and going to the basket and outside shot he's a little streaky but he adds more than just shooting to a team so i'm really excited about that as well as zaire smith that's a guy who could have been you know he was a really high draft pick that we didn't see at all last season. And he's just waiting to get going on the bench. Huge, huge shooting. Um, there's just not going to be a moment where there isn't a, a, a contingent of strong defensive and offensive players on the court for this team. So it's coming. I mean, the loss of JJ Redick is really going to wreck them this year. I don't but think so. I think, no, I'm kidding. Okay. Well, there, there's a okay. lot of huge Reddick fans, so I've had to. Oh, there are away. okay, yeah, people who have said exactly what you've said. So, yeah, no, <laughs> that is not going to. Um, no, I like I like Reddick. That wasn't I, that was meaner than I meant to. I I, I like him generally, but mm-hmm. he's not a, a defensive stalwart for sure. Right. Um, and uh, I think they can they can overcome the loss of his his shooting probably this year. So yeah, they're they're formidable. Um, my NBA champion is your Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm I'm planting my flag. I'm saying this is the year. It's our year. And really, here's my reasoning. Why not? That's it. Why not us? I think the Nuggets have as good of a chance as anybody. And I'm a Nuggets fan. So I'm taking the Nuggets. <laughs> it makes sense. I can't fight that. And I hope you're right. All right. I don't know. You're starting to sound like a Philly fan. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of am. Unbelievable. They are, a lo- <laughs> they are a fun team to watch. I, I fell into quite the lucky little dirty mess of a, of a city yeah. here. Well, you know who else is a fun team to watch? The Denver Nuggets. Yeah. That's according team. to NBA GMs around the league. I completely Most fun agree. team in the league. They're the most fun team in the yeah. league. They are. All right. All right, Jeremy, give me one hot take to wrap it up. I'll give you two since you asked for one. Okay. One, Bull Bull will never play next to Jokic. He will never be a starter for the Nuggets. I th- this is so out of whack. And I don't even want to go into this, but because we're trying to get out of here and wrap this up. Bobol will never play it next to Jokic. Second take, and I've brought this up before, but it's not sticking. <laughs> Barton can't play <laughs> next to Monte Morris. So stop giving me your takes that Barton needs to go to the bench. The game has changed. Yes, Barton made his name on the bench. Yes, he was great at bringing some playmaking to a bench unit and getting things going. But not at this point. We have an elite bench with Monte Morris and Plumlee and the rest of the crew. Do not send Barton down there to ruin Morris's game. I will say that is on Morris for the inability to play next to another playmaker, not on Barton. But 
you got to go with the, the better of the two evils here. And the better is Monte Morris. So you keep Barton away from there. Um, we're going to have an elite bench like we did for the regular season last year before Isaiah Thomas showed up and before Barton showed up in the playoffs on the bench. Um, in the playoffs, uh, Monte and Barton had, I wish I had the exact ones here, but about 150 minutes played together and they were negative 50. And then they had, uh, Monte Morris had 48 minutes. I remember that played not with Barton and he was plus 20 or plus 27 or something like that. So I, I, don't, I didn't believe the, the narrative that he got tired. I just, we saw it happen with Isaiah Thomas. I think we saw it happen again with Barton. Um, let Morris play on the bench without another playmaker named Barton or Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. Thank you. <laughs> well, I've made it through an entire podcast without saying one negative thing about William Barton, and I am not going to start. Oh. So I will leave it there. Okay. Here's my hot take. By the end of the year, Jeremy Grant's going to average more minutes per game than Millsap. Nope. So I think we're going to see nope. some load management. I think we're going to see maybe some injury for Millsap. He's just getting old. <laughs> and maybe it's maybe it's also just, you know, being careful with him. You know, he twists his ankle and he, they could bring him back, but they leave him out for a couple extra games. You know, whatever. They play him for like 10 minutes when he could play 25, but they just don't want to risk it or something like that. And Jeremy Grant is such a versatile player. I think we could even see him crack the starting lineup, maybe um, in a in a big lineup at small forward uh, against certain matchups and kind of depending on what happens with the small forward position. Um, so I think by the end of the year, it's going to be close, but I think he tops Millsap in minutes per game. It intrigues me him at small forward. Especially if Barton doesn't play out or gets traded, um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't I don't see him um, starting over a healthy Millsap. No, I'm not saying he's going to start necessarily. Just play more minutes total. Oh, uh, yeah, I still don't see it. On <laughs> average, also, yeah, yeah. I, I think it could end up close, but I don't see it. But we will see, and I can't wait. All right. Man, the season is going to be so fun. It will. I'm, I'm excited. This is the most excited I've ever been for a Nugget season. And I don't think there's really even a close second. And a lot of that has to do with how wide open the whole league is, too. It's like we, we're coming into the season with a fun team and a wide open league. Right. There's nothing more you can ask for yep. from, a, from a sports season. Yep. All right. Well, looking forward to a, a long season with you of whiskey and podcasts and nuggets. All right, buddy. We will see you on the other side. Cool. Of what? I don't know. What, other side of what? Why do people say that? Why did I just say that? Because you're deep. On the flip side, it's the flip side. But what? the flip side of what? Does this go back to like records? The flip side of nighttime? Like, we'll see you tomorrow. Is that? Huh. I don't know. I don't think we need to. Maybe we'll find out this year. (laughs) Maybe we'll find out this year. (laughs) Join us in our new podcast. (laughs) Where we we break down cliches. Yeah. (laughs) Digging into cliches. I don't know. All right. (laughs) 
listening. And, all right. All right. Yep. <laughs>